Welcome to the Ask Zach Show. I'm your host, Zach Childs. I've spent the last 30 years working in the music industry here in Nashville, Tennessee, during which I've done everything from touring with major artists like Brad Paisley and Carrie Underwood to playing the nastiest dive bars or even the occasional wedding. This show is all about barreling down the rabbit hole on all things guitar and the music we love. We will cover the legendary players, gear insights, and even some interviews along the way. I hope you enjoy. To support the show, follow the links in the description to find out about my Patreon page. Or go to my store at AskZach.com to pick up a coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, let's dive in. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Ask Zach. Hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about Strat Tremolos, and we're going to drill down on what I think are really the only two options. Most guys will give you three options on a Strat Tremolo. They say, you know, you float it, deck it, or, uh, or block it. I really think there's only two options. Basically, whether you, uh, you float it, and then I'm going to give you some uh, some little pointers on uh, you know helping you stay in tune when you're floating and to me the only other real option is to completely deck it and not use the tremolo arm which i don't think you really need to uh, go all in and have a, a block of wood stuck in there but i'm going to talk about why on those and again i'm going to give you some pointers we're also going to return we're going to have the triumphant return of the book nook segment which we haven't done in a while so we're going to talk about adam levy's uh, string theories book of course it was also with ethan sherman helped along with that and also i'm going to talk about an album that was uh, influential to me and that's by uh, paul johnson and the packards guitar heaven probably haven't heard of this one this is kind of a uh, rare album but some of you if you're into surf music you might know who uh, Paul Jan Johnson is because of uh, Mr. Moto and the Bel Airs so that's what we're going to do today first off I need to thank my Patreon supporters because they're what keeps the show going if you'd like to find out more there are links in the description all right let's dive in 
as always, I'm going to give a little bit of background, but I'm going to keep it short. Uh, my first Strat was a Japanese-made Squire that had a locking tremolo that had fine tuners, and it had a locking mechanism behind the nut. And I had a terrible time with that. And I, uh, I had Bob Clausen of Clausen's Music block it, where he actually did take a... Uh, a block of wood and put it back here in between the body and the spring so on this side and then he removed the uh, the uh, locking mechanism that was here and you couldn't just deck it because it was not designed to do so it had just two pivot points and if you tried to pull it back it would actually pull away from the pivot so we had to block it so I had a bunch of uh, bad experiences with Stratocasters and trying to get the tremolo. And again, we're going to call it a tremolo, even though it's a vibrato. Uh, we're going to stick with uh, Fender's uh, misnomer there. Uh, I just had a bunch of really bad luck. And it wasn't until I started getting some good insight from other players and reading books like some of uh, Dan Erlewin's setup books, like Make This Electric Guitar Play Great, and some other things that I started learning some tricks for getting things to stay in tune. And through all of my experimentation with strats, I came to the conclusion that for me, there's really only two options. And that's either you take the arm off, put it against the body, and tighten the springs enough to where when you bend strings, the other doesn't go out of tune. And the way you check for that is you just have your tuner on and you bend other strings while like, you know, you bend like the low E string while you are checking the high E string. And that'll tell you uh, real quick uh, what's going on. And basically you just keep tightening it down. And of course, the advantage of doing that is you can still do all of your, you know, all your bends where you're bending one string against another string, uh, any type of steel guitar bend or anything like that. All those things work. And that's certainly a viable way of doing things. That's the way Eric Clapton and uh, Mark Knopfler and even uh, Nashville's great strat player of the 1980s reggie young used a uh, decked strat on all sorts of hits uh, for merle haggard like think i'll just stay here and drink george Strait's uh, the fireman and the chair and even uh, rose in paradise for waylon jennings that was all reggie playing a 57 strat and it was decked and he was using you know light gauge strings probably nines or nine and a halfs and uh yeah and there's nothing wrong with that. However, you have this great mechanism on here. And if you use it how it was designed, which was, it was designed to float. If you look at any of the drawings, the patent drawings or anything, you can see that Leo wanted it to float. So if you just go with it and decide, I'm going to make this a different instrument. I'm not going to try to make this thing be a Telecaster or, or whatever else. I think it's very freeing and it makes you play differently. So with a floating tremolo, it's going to make me play differently. 
I can't play all the same stuff, uh, which is a good thing. It's good to be inspired by that and to be challenged by that. And so I can't do those type of bends. So then I have to like bend one string, release it, and then hit the other string. Otherwise, it's going to be out of tune. Now, there are some little fun tricks that you can do. Like one thing I like to do is uh, like this kind of steel guitar ending lick, you know, the... Well, it just went out of tune. Of course, as I bent that G string up, everything went flat. So, but what you can do if it's floating and you got your old tremolo arm nearby, well, you can do this. And frankly, it makes it sound more like a steel guitar. So there are, you know, lots of fun things you can do with that. And, uh, and then again, just having the challenge of of it being floating and it making you play differently. Now let's get into some things that really help it stay in tune. Uh, first off, just overall, to me floating stays in tune better because you have the strings working against the springs. And so they tend to find a better equilibrium, say, than the strings fighting against the body and the springs pulling toward the body. To me, it just doesn't have a good chance of staying in tune. If you're able to get that to work, good on you. I think that's fantastic. The other thing, uh, when, you're, when you're floating the tremolo, the friction points become oh so amazingly important. So the nut really needs to be well cut. And on top of that, you might need to use some type of lube. And that could be anything from pencil lead that you just kind of grind up, you know, you can just take your pencil and hit it against a piece of paper, you know, you can just keep across the paper a bunch and you can end up with some pencil lead that's, you know, ground up and you can put it in there. Uh, you can also mix that up with some Vaseline and you can put it in there and try not to make a big old mess. Of course, there's also manufacturers that make all sorts of different things, some under the wonderful name like nut sauce. Uh, yeah, so you can put that in there. I would be go sparingly on it because you, know, you don't want to just have like a bunch of crud that's all over the place. Uh, you also sometimes you'll need to make sure that the string retainer here does not have any burrs on it and it's not catching there. And sometimes I've had to uh, have the string retainer worked on and buffed and sometimes I've even put some, uh, some type of lube in there also. Another thing that happens, another enemy of staying in tune with a floating tremolo is break angle. And so this has a big old neck on it. So this has quite a bit of break angle. And so what Nick Drushel showed me to do is the low E and the low A are actually strung where the windings go up instead of down. And what this does is it changes the break angle here and makes it less severe and it helps these strings to stay in tune better. Now, he did another modification, but I just couldn't go with it. And that's where he put a spacer underneath here and, but it made it stick up a lot higher. And of course, what that did was it changed the break angle here and made it less severe. Well, the problem was it made it look like Cloud City. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, Star Wars, uh, this is what Cloud City looks like. And so it looked like Cloud City was uh, here on the, on the headstock of my uh, old Strat. 
So I decided against it, even though it was probably, even though it was the better way to go. But uh, yeah, you just end up really needing to make sure that these slots are well cut and everything is clean. Another, to me, another major factor in keeping a floating tremolo in tune is string gauge. I have tried over and over and over again to use light gauge strings and they just don't work for me. If you can get it to work, fantastic, and show me what you've done. But the only way I can get the strings and springs to be working together well is to use a minimum of a 10 gauge, so 10 through 46. Now, I'm just gonna tell you right now, that is not my string gauge of choice. I like the step below that. I like the nine and a half through uh, 44 by D'Addario. That's my favorite set, the NYXL. That's on all my Telecasters. That's what I use all the time. However, on a Strat, uh, and I think this is a good thing because this is something that also helps me you know, play a little different uh, on a little bit heavier strings. And, but it just really helps them work together. So by having minimum tens and then by you know having the five springs, I think they, they tend to come back to an equilibrium a lot better. And uh, as much as I would like for it to work with nine and a halfs or nines. So that's a, uh, another really, really, really important factor. And it's okay for it to make you play differently. That's, that should be a strength. I shouldn't be trying to make this guitar be just like a Telecaster, which, you know, I have a bunch of Telecasters. So let this, you know, 50 Strat be what it is and yeah, make it, make you play differently. That's a good thing. And you know what, if I really, you know, get into a situation where I really need to use this in the same way that I'd use a Tele, well, guess what? I can come right back here, I can tighten these down you know, with a Phillips head screwdriver and, you know, of course, retune it. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, I can do all those crazy, you know, double string bends and it will stay in tune. So those are kind of my, uh, my, my pointers on this. And, uh, yeah, I think the, uh, yeah, use tens and I use the NYXL, uh, D'Addario's, uh, and then, uh, use these raw vintage springs. I think they make all the difference in the world. I don't have an endorsement with uh, Exotic, uh, but I think the, this is an inexpensive change that really makes a big difference in the feel of the tremolo. It really, uh, it just adds uh, a smoothness when you use the tremolo that's not there with the really high tension springs. And so these are real low tension springs, which is why you have to use five of them even with a set of 10s. And uh, it, uh, it also, if you think of this as a reverb chamber, which it kind of is, more springs are nice. And so instead of using three, you get to use five. And uh, these, just so you know, these springs, I kind of aged them some with some et etching solution so that it would match with the rest of the guitar so it wouldn't be, you know, these crazy shiny springs on the back. But uh, yeah, they don't come that way, so. Yeah, so I like to use tens, use the raw vintage springs, float it, and I don't do a severe float. I mean, if you, uh, if you look here, you can see that it's just barely above the body. And so, of course, 
If I popped a string, it would all go out of tune, but I could kind of get it back in. And frankly, I would hopefully have another guitar with me. I'd switch to that and then I would just restring the one string that broke and I'd get it back up and going. So there are a lot of proponents of a much more severe float. I am not, uh, I mean, I don't think it's wrong, but I just, I like having just a slight float because I don't want to do, you know, crazy up bends, but I do want to have some up action because to me, it doesn't really feel right unless it can go both up and down in pitch. That's another thing about where having the tremolo where it has a nice kind of dreamy sound to it. And I think you really have to float it. And I tried to exemplify that in the opening tune that I did. A little tune that I wrote just to use some tremolo bar and get a little, uh, a little surfy twangy and such. So, yeah, look at, look at your brake angle here. See if maybe it would behoove you to uh, wind up instead of down, especially on these two low strings. Make sure you don't have any friction points, you know, that are, uh, you have problems here at the, either the string tree or the nut. And of course you could have burrs here. Make sure this is all smooth. And uh, yeah, you should be on the road to happiness. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, I'm gonna do a quick kind of album thing before I go into the, uh, into the book nook segment. Uh, I want to talk about Paul Johnson and the Packard's Guitar Heaven. I, uh, in a nutshell, I grew up in a pretty conservative uh, and you know, religious family, and I wasn't really allowed to listen to a lot of uh, contemporary music. And so I was kind of uh, uh, in a position of only being able to listen to uh, gospel music, uh, Christian music, and then my parents would let me listen to a little bit of instrumental music. So I could listen to The Ventures or uh, Chet Atkins and uh, Les Paul, some other things like that. And uh, somehow in there, I also got to listen to early Beatles, like pre-66 Beatles when it was, you know, I want to hold your hand and stuff like that. And in a number of conversations I've had with some different players that I've interviewed, they've all said something to the same point of what you hear when you're 13, 14 years old really have a huge impact on what you think is good guitar tone. And I have to come back over and over again that uh, those early Beatle records and the, uh, the Ventures are just a, a huge influence on me. Along with those would be this album. And uh, this was uh, Paul Johnson, who was a member of the Bel Airs and had a hit with uh, Mr. Moto in 1962 later on made a instrumental album for a gospel record label called Frontline. And so one, one day when I was in the gospel, you know, in the Christian bookstore in Corpus Christi, Texas, I think it was called The Love Note, uh, I saw this album and it just blew my mind because here, what, what is this? It says Guitar Heaven. It has a big red Stratocaster on the front and on the back it had this bald bespeckled guy with a, a 60s strat and he had a wide panel tweed fender and here these other guys with fender guitars and drummer with a strange hat on and uh and a note and a liner note by dan fort who was at the time an editor at guitar player magazine i uh, i picked it up and this album was hugely influential in what 
instrumentals should sound like and in what guitars should sound like. And this is all old strats or tokais and you know Fender amps and it's uh, it's great tones and you can find this on Spotify or Apple Music and it's a it's a fun listen. So highly recommend uh, checking out Paul Johnson and the Packard's Guitar Heaven. Now for our book nook segment, which is back after a hiatus, String Theories by Adam Levy and Ethan Sherman. So this book is based on the uh, wonderful YouTube series that uh, Adam has called Guitar Tips. And what this is, is a condensed little segments to inspire you and to get you out of your ruts. So I highly recommend that you pick this book up because this is wonderful for helping you in that, those areas because I'm really bad about it where I will, I will be good about learning songs and things like that when I have a gig and then I'll get into this lazy thing where I play the same thing over and over again when I pick up a guitar. And so what this book has is it has a bunch of little simple exercises and none of them are you know going to make you put your fingers into a pretzel or anything like that. They're just going to challenge you in a way that makes you think. And it even talks about things like memorizing songs instead of being dependent on, uh, on charts or, uh, you know, or not looking at the guitar, just, just a lot of little exercises or playing a, uh, you know, one of the early you know, little segments talks about playing blues where you only play two notes at a time and you only change those per bar. And so those, you know, really limit things and make you really think about your choices. So highly recommend this book and I'll put a link to uh, Amazon or, uh, you know, where, where you can pick this up. I highly recommend that you pick up String, string Theories. All right, guys. Well, I hope you've enjoyed today's episode talking about strat tremolos and uh, hope you uh, get it figured out, get it all balanced out and uh, find equilibrium. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Ask Zach podcast. If you want to dive deeper, check out my website, askzach.com, to find more articles and further info on each episode. And remember, it is the support from you, the listener, that keeps the show going. Thank you, friends.